Is your business stuck? Tired of leaving money on the table? Are you ready to take it to the next level? Join us as we dive deep into the small business secrets successful entrepreneurs are implementing to see massive results. This is the Business Growth Hacks Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing. Here's your host, Andrew Brockenbush. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Business Growth Hacks. We're so glad that you're here with us again, Small Business Nation. Today, we have an amazing financial expert. But before we get into all that, I got to let you know about our brand new sponsor, Wingman. If you are looking for a platform that does automation, sales management, integrations, an all-in-one marketing and sales software, you're looking for Trust Your Wingman. Go to trustyourwingman.com. And check out what they got going on. We're using it here at Beefy, and it is speeding us up, making us more efficient, and it is definitely worth looking into Wingman. But today, what we're talking about is the finances. And if you haven't seen our episode that me and Andrew did on knowing your numbers, you might want to go back and look at that one, because today we're going to dive a little deeper with financial expert Lauren Coulson. But before we get into the finances... I think we need to tackle the real issue of the day, and we need to find out, Lauren, if you could have any fictional character as your business partner, who would it be and why? This is a hard one, but the obvious answer was, or is, Hermione from Harry Potter. Okay, okay. Yeah. She's so resourceful, very well-read, knows all her magic, and could really be a great business partner in a business. Yeah, I like that you hit all those main uh, topics that you need there, you know, all those skills that you would need in a business partner, someone that's got knowledge, you know, I like that. I went the other route. Um, I decided that I had some knowledge, so I I wanted somebody that could back my ideas, so I went with Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) And I I figured his Disney affiliations, that's good connections for me right there. He's got the capital. Uh, I know he's not a frivolous spender, so that's good to know. And yeah. I think that's on point with where we're talking about today a little bit. So that might be why my head was in on Scrooge McDuck. Also, who wouldn't want a business partner that has enough capital that you can swim around in it, right? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, he comes off a little bit, you know, a little bit overbearing. But deep down, he still has a heart for his three little nephews. So, you know, he's got compassion in there as well as his perfect business acumen. Awesome. Well, I think we tackled that one. Uh, We definitely got down to the core issues today. We're we're pretty much done, right? Yeah. yeah, that's Y'all know what to do now. Go find your fictional (laughs) business character and you got it this week. No, um, we can get deeper than that because Lauren is the owner of Colson Strategies and it's a small but mighty team that she runs. And I think that is amazing that you mentioned that because just because it's a small team doesn't mean it's not mighty. So I like that you put that in there. Uh, Lauren finds passion in helping business owners make the best, most informed decisions through financial information. Lauren knows you're working hard to grow your business. And as a financial expert, she doesn't take that lightly. She, along with her team, will take the scary out of your finances so you can focus on what matters most. I love that. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me, John. All right. So I guess let's get into it. Um, How did you come about to start Colson Strategies, first of all? How did you get there? 
Yeah. So I had a background in corporate finance and accounting, working for larger publicly traded businesses. Um, and while I always had a passion for numbers, I just, it felt like it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. And I stumbled into finding a role at a high growth startup company and just fell in love with the culture, the entrepreneurial spirit, um, and, and the, the growth business aspect. And so mm -hmm. I was like, Hmm, okay, I love this. And, um, from there I thought, this is really what I want to do. I want to help business owners grow their businesses. Those that are compassionate about what they're doing, that they're solving a problem in the market um, and need financial support. And so that's kind of where Colson Strategies came from. Um, I started off as a fractional CFO working for clients and then quickly realized I needed strong bookkeeping support. So started growing a team. Um, and now there's a team of nine of us serving clients, everything from bookkeeping, uh, controller, like higher level technical accounting to the fractional mm -hmm. CFO work. And um, it's been a really fun journey. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, the payroll side of things is one that really interests me, you know, because I like to get the benefits of that side of things. But yeah. also my mom, she's worked in payroll my entire life. She was actually payroll woman of the year last year. Oh, very the, cool. Yeah, for the APA. And she's been on several boards with the Texas version of the APA, whatever that's called. I don't remember. But so the finance side of things has always kind of been around. So I, I, it's interesting to me to hear that you kind of got into it organically as well. You just wanted to help people. And I love that we hear that story so much on here from different small business owners, because that's our heart here is just to help small business owners. We want to see people succeed. And that's really at the core of what we do. And that's why we offer this podcast to teach business owners out there in Small Business Nation how to grow their business because we want to see them succeed. And I love that you have that similar mindset. And that's how you got into it. That I just, it's a feel good thing, you know, that, heart, <laughs> that heartwarming. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think? led to so you were working with someone else before you started colson strategies in the financial realm right yes so do you think it was a desire within you that led you to open your own or what specifically do you think led to you going out on your own instead of just working for another company so i my whole life i knew i wanted to have my own business i just never knew what that was and, and frankly, never thought it was going to be accounting and finance. Right. Um, and so when I worked at that um, startup company and worked with the founder, who's a true entrepreneur, visionary, um, and seeing that and being able to work closely with him just really inspired me to want to be able to start building something on my own. And yeah. so I was like, well... I know this area very well. I enjoy it. I love the number side of things, like the puzzle, breaking something down, taking a mess and figuring it out and presenting something really valuable to a business owner or leader of the company of like, hey, here's how you can use your financials to make data-driven data driven decisions. Because mm -hmm. um, a lot of people aren't doing that. It's just kind yeah. of like 
mind-blowing. It's amazing. Um, and so I started taking on some clients on the side just to kind of see like, would I like this? Because it's a different environment when you're working right. with multiple businesses at one time versus just like in your lane with one organization. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was actually perfect because I loved, and this is how our team operates as well, being able to work and see many different industries, many different like strategies that, that people, the way they run their business and being able to pull from one and say, hey, this tool or this vendor worked really, really well. Let's implement this over here and just mm -hmm. kind of saving them time from the trial and error of trying to figure out what should we do when we like, right. we know this is awesome or this <laughs> stay away. This does not work. We know well. this. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome because that's similar to how we operate as an agency as well. You know, our experience with one client helps another because we've done this or tried that and we know whether to say, hey, that's probably not the best idea or yeah, do that. That works. We've seen that work a bunch of times. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, you talked about your team in there, too. And we mentioned at the beginning how they're a small but mighty team. Do you think having a smaller team of more specialized people is better than a larger team? I don't know if I would say better because it's all relative to the individual. Right. Um, but when I set out, well, one, I didn't even think I was going to be building a team. I thought it was just going to be me. And boy, was I wrong um, <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. Um, I for me, I like the the smallness and that we can really um, thoughtfully build a culture and an environment where we all know and support each other. And with the world of business and the economy and things constantly changing, um, it's really important that we support each other and we can pull in our expertise and say, oh, I've never seen this before, but so-and-so has, and they can be a great resource for you. And just having that camaraderie and support versus people just kind of like being in a silo and, and not really part of a team was really important to me. And I think that's why um, we'll never be a, a hundred person company team. We'll, we'll get to a point we're still growing, but we want to, we don't ever want to lose that true like team and culture piece of it. Mm -hmm. I love that answer. I, I love that your answer was, it depends on what you're trying to do. Yeah. Because I, I can see the similarities here between marketing agency and financial firm that I'm sure. Know, yeah. What we do is kind of up in the air and it really depends on what your goals are and what you want to see happen. And that's similar for you because you may recommend spending less here, but if your goals are, let's just say you're spending less in advertising. If your goals are to have more advertising then cutting spending, there's probably not the place to do that. Right. Because it's antithesis to your goals. So you got to keep your goals in mind and you can't just follow a blanket one size fits all. We, we talk about that with marketing all the time. There is no one size fits all with business because your size of your team, the way your end goals, all of that matters for what you're trying to do. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's something we it's one of the first things we do um, when we're working with our clients on the CFO front is understanding their goals for the company and personally, because mm -hmm. like you said, I mean, you can have two e-commerce uh, companies selling the same product, but they're going to operate differently because they have different people running them and people are different. So in order to grow the company, we need to understand 
why? What are your goals? Are you looking to sell in the next three years? Are you trying to make this a lifestyle business where you only work 10 hours a week, but you can pull out X number from the company each month? Why? Because we want to be able to do different things to be able to hit your goal. We're not just coming in with these, these are the 10 things we do for everybody. Right. It's specific to the business owner. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it always has to be specific to those specific goals because man, one of the things that we preach on here incessantly is, you know, you can do things all day long, but if it's not pushing you towards your goal, then you're actually detracting from yourself. Yeah. And don't be your biggest detractor. Don't do that to yourself. So I love that you're talking about your team and the role that they play in that because I was a freelancer as well. I was mm. actually in competition with Andrew, our CEO. We were friends. It was friendly competition, but we were both, you know, doing the same thing, but working in the same area. So there ended up being some bleed there where, you know, we had a client churn from one to the other or vice versa. And with that said, I always thought, you know, it's me, it's my thing. I don't need a team, you know, but then when me and Andrew decided to team up the value of teamwork, really, I think I, I undervalued a team because I didn't have one to be honest. Yeah. I, I, you know, trying to be the solopreneur, Oh, you don't need a team. You don't need a team. But regardless, if, even if you don't have a team, you're probably paying somebody somewhere to do something that you're not personally doing yourself, you know, just to keep, you know, yeah, and if you're not, out. you should. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly. Burn out. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna burn out and quickly. Yeah. So, yep. I, I, yeah, it's important that you have that team in place, regardless of your business. And then, you know, you use one of those buzzwords in there. I guess buzz letters, the CFO. Mm -hmm. So, for the small business nation people out there, when is a good time, as far as growing your business, to make that step from doing the books yourself to hiring someone to do them or hiring CFO? you know, someone in that role. What's your opinion on that? So there's there's two kind of questions in there that I'll that I'll dive into. Um okay. because doing the books is actually the role of the bookkeeper. Right. And so that is something that I think, you know, as soon as you have the money, if you're doing it yourself as a business owner, as soon as you can offload that off your plate, the better. Um, for a couple of reasons, because you probably are not a bookkeeper by trade. So you may not right. be doing it correctly. Um, you may not be doing it efficiently and your time is so valuable and better spent on the growth expansion, trying to reach those goals versus mm -hmm. doing something that there are, you know, experts that can do for you. Yeah. Um, but that part is crucial of having accurate and timely financials because that's what you want to use to make data driven decisions for your business. Um, and then when it comes to a CFO, where a bookkeeper is focused on your day to day and what essentially has happened, a CFO is focused on what will happen. So that future strategy. And I think um, when people hear the word CFO, sometimes it can be this scary big, like, well, that's an executive of a multi-million dollar company. Like, I don't need that. Wow. I'm a small business. I'm making two million. Like, I don't, I don't need that role. Um, so I want to kind of break down a little bit what CFOs do to kind of show, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely do. Yeah, please break that down for us. So um, CFOs can do a lot of different things for your business. Um, but one of the kind of main core pieces are looking at your historical financials and your trends and helping mm -hmm. predict 
what is going to happen going forward. And we talked about the piece about understanding your goals. So putting that into action and understanding what's needed to hit that goal. So if you're like, I want to hit 10 million in revenue next year. Okay. Working with you to understand what do you need to do to hit that number? What are additional costs that come with hitting that number? Um, What are your margins look like? What does your profitability look like? Mm -hmm. What does your cash flow look like? Are you going to have periods where in order to hit that, you've got to hire three new people? Okay. Is there cash for that? What does that look like? What is the timing of that look like? Um, Do we need to obtain shorter long-term financing? What does that mean for the business? Um, and, And how are we going to get there? So breaking that all down um and everything you do in your business um impacts the finances so um we say our cfos are also um like coos in a way as well as business coaches because you're working in all areas of the business it's you know understanding what what your org chart looks like or what it should look like to to hit your goals um you know working with operational structure and efficiencies there's there's so much that that can be done there and kind of modeling out what that what your goals look like, because that's a big one where uh, we see a lot of business owners are like, oh, I know in my head I make 50 percent margin and 25 percent net. And yeah. We're going to hit this summer. It's like, OK, but once you get it all out of your head and when I say on paper, you know, into mm-hmm. an Excel model or whatever that looks like, there's going to be pieces that you're not contemplating that are really important to see. Um, and also you really want to, it's, you're 42% more likely to achieve your goals when you write them down. You want to see that and you want to be able to share that with your team and have people to hold you accountable. Yeah. We, we have a mentor and client here, Matt Miller, uh, with Awaken Wealth Partners, which is another financial firm. And he's more in investing portfolios and things like that for personal, not that he doesn't handle business, but anyway, one of the things that he always tells us is, if you have a goal, write it down. It's not a goal until you've written it down. Mm-hmm. And there is something physical about fixing that goal in a physical form where you've written it down and you can read it and it will become something. You can work towards that. It does something psychologically. There is definitely, I, I'm glad that you addressed that too with the COO, that they got to know every aspect of the business and they got to kind of understand how people receive the product as well or your business, you know, and all of that goes into your brand and how you're setting all that up. And part of having money to be able to do those things with marketing and all that is having people in place that can know your numbers. Like, I'm serious. If you haven't heard Know Your Numbers, go back. It's in season one. It's called Know Your Numbers. Listen to that and then come listen to Lauren again. You have to know your numbers, people. You have yeah. to. Mm-hmm. You really do. Yep. And you've got to have those roles in your team, even if, you know, I'm not a multi-million dollar company, like you said, but do I need a CFO? You might. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe you don't need, you know, maybe you need 10 hours, someone to really listen to you, bounce ideas off, kind of work through some strategies, map out some ROIs. If you're trying to embark on, you know, a new product launch or something and you want to run numbers by, I mean, it doesn't have to be this huge commitment of time or money, but you really want to have um, you know, a, a true partner that can help you work through things on the financial side. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things that that same client also mentions is too, is, you know, you want someone that's going to partner with you and walk you through this, not someone that's just going to hand you a list of numbers because. Right. You know, that's what, what yeah. You, yeah. And to that point, um, and on the know your numbers, uh, you don't want to just say, okay, CFO, here's everything. Go do it. It's really a two way partnership because they need to know and understand the business and what's going on in your mind and what decisions you want to make. And you need to understand while they can translate and provide you the information and advice, you really need to understand the numbers yourself as a business owner. So you can't like outsource the, the knowing <laughs> that part right. you still need to keep. Yeah, you still need to know. <laughs> yeah. I, I liken that to kind of how we use and employ AI now. It's, you know, you can't just output whatever. Someone still needs to read it and make sure that that's actual factual information that can be put out. Like it's not just some random group of words because that is right. kind of exactly how that works. It creates random groups of words that seem to make sense. Um, yeah. Talking about the team members and the people in place, what else did you say in there that got me? Oh, margins. You were talking about margins. And I think one thing, I think I've mentioned this before, but I'd like to mention it again. So sorry, small business nation, if I'm repeating myself too much, but if you're looking at your margins and you're talking about growth, you want to make sure that there's not, you were talking about extra cost and there can be extra cost in that growth. You want to make sure that those margins are staying the same. Cause if you, like you said, need to hire three, four more people to make X happen, those margins may have gotten a lot smaller and you may not, you may be breaking even instead of actually making money now at that point. So you want to look yes. at your systems and your processes and make sure you look at all the numbers. Yeah, that's a really great point because, and that's why we always want to map it out because mm -hmm. so that when you're looking at what does it take to get there? Okay, it takes more employees. So salaries, benefits, costs, I mean, right. even down to, all right, we need to add more software licenses for these yeah. different tools for employees, like it all adds yeah. up. So you mm -hmm. want to be able to understand if we bring on one person, okay, we're increasing these 10 costs. And or, yep. you know, what's the impact of the dollars in and out that's happening in your business? Yeah. Yeah. That ROI, what, what's coming back to me for what I'm spending. Yeah. That's definitely a number you need to look at. And so since we're talking about numbers and what numbers you need to know, there's something that you were talking about that I love the way you phrased it. And you said, where is your business leaking money? Mm. And the concept of that, you think about a leaky pipe that is costing you money because it's just sitting there dripping and it's not mm -hmm. necessary. And so I think you're applying that same logic to your business. If there's places in your business that are just dripping money, like where are those most common places that you found? Yeah. So this can be big or little, but little can add up, right? So yes. one of the common things we see um, is software and licenses costs. So mm -hmm. for our clients, we say um, do at least a quarterly software review to understand, okay, what softwares are we paying for? I mean, how many of us has fallen victim to a free trial to try out a tool and then we forget <laughs> to cancel and we're getting charged later, and we don't yeah. realize it? Yep. Or if you don't have like a solid um, offboarding process and plan when team members leave, you could be paying for software licenses for um, seats or people that aren't even there anymore. If yeah, that's I didn't not even think about that, but that's a on great your radar. Point. 
Yeah. And then as your organization grows, sometimes things tend to get a little bit more hectic and that you don't have owners of different things. So is your team still using a tool or does everyone just think somebody else is <laughs> and yep. you're paying for a tool that you're not even using or you've got a tool that could do the same thing as the four different tools you're paying for and you mm -hmm. need to consolidate. So that's a big one, especially as you scale to keep an eye on, because that can be a large number on your well, P&L each month, your software. Yeah, as, especially now with all this new AI software coming out and there, I think there was 3000 new softwares that came out last month or something like that. And that's an absurd number, but I got an email for probably 120 of them. And I probably checked out at least 50 and probably signed up for a free trial on 10. Right. So yeah, everything <laughs> you're saying here, very valid points. A hundred percent. Small business nation, listen up. Yeah. We have a um, software tracking tool that I can oh, share okay. um, with you in the audience that you can use to help keep yeah, track of everything awesome. and understand a little bit more. Yeah, that would be great. Thank uh, We'll put that in the show notes there. You got it. Okay. So yeah, we talked about the leaks, how to find them. I guess stopping them is just, how do you stop the leaks? What, what would you suggest? So that's where, I mean, everything kind of comes back to knowing your numbers, right? So you want to know yeah. what's going into each number, what it takes to run your business, which mm -hmm. is going to help you decide, okay, well, we don't need this or this isn't useful. So right. being looking at your numbers each month is going to help you to be able to find, identify and put a stop to those leaks. Um, but yeah. you also want to make sure you do it timely, right? So we're we're in July right now. You don't want to be reviewing April's financials right now because then there's months of issues yeah. that you could be seeing. And we see that all the time where people just look at them once a year when they're ready for their taxes. And it's like yeah. you're missing opportunities to improve or cut costs in areas you don't need them. Yeah, I, I know a, a big spending point unnecessarily I've seen for small business owners that I've known is the taxes myself too. I think Andrew also has an experience with that. Not filing taxes in a timely manner is a great way to waste money. It really yeah, is. Right. They will, they will hit you with the fees that mm -hmm. there's penalties yeah, and interest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it yeah, hurts enough to pay the taxes. You don't want to yeah, pay don't, anything on top of that. Yeah, don't pay what we dub the stupid tax as well, which is when you're making yourself spend more money than you have to, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to look at all those things. You got to look at all those. Uh, using your financials to make the best decisions. We talked about that, I think. I feel like, do you yeah. have any other thoughts on that? I, I think, I feel like we covered that. Yeah. Ooh, here's a good one. Here's a good one. What do you think are the most important financial considerations for a business to look at when they're expanding. So yes. specific goal, we're trying to grow, we're trying to expand. What are we doing? Yep. So I think um, one, making sure you've got your internal processes set up and documented well is yep. huge. And, and sometimes I feel like that's People just want to move really fast, but that's whether it, I mean, your financial processes, your organizational, your HR, when before you're hitting a period of growth, it's only mm -hmm. going to get harder <laughs> and there's only <laughs> going to be more volume to deal with. So if right. you're structurally in a solid place before you hit the gas pedal, it's mm -hmm. going to go a lot easier as you're scaling. Uh, absolutely. You got to have that foundation down or else what are you building on top of, right? 
Right. So we always tell mm -hmm. people, you know, if their goal is growth, especially rapid mm -hmm. growth, that yeah. when we're building processes today, we're not building them for how the business is today. We are building right. them so that they can support that growth from the beginning. We're catching it now. So it just mm -hmm. is more a more seamless uh, transition. Absolutely. Yeah, that's I don't know if there is another way to do that, honestly, effectively. That's oh, yeah, effectively. Yeah, <laughs> you I, can I, do it, but things. it hurts a little bit. I've seen some trials. Trial and error is fun, a little scary, but <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's great. What about the opposite new goal here? We're not trying to grow our business. We want to sell it. What mm. would be the most important thing to consider there? So making sure that you have clean and accurate financials is probably okay. at the top of my list for a couple of different reasons. Um, I've seen deals before where that's not the case, but maybe the business owner doesn't even know that or doesn't realize it. And they, you know, think that they're going to get X for their business and they go down the whole process. And then that valuation cuts in half when it comes yeah. to light that those numbers aren't accurate. That is one, I can like feel the pain right now just saying it. Um, you know, business is like our baby. So to, f to find out it's not what you think it was worth is horrible. You know, all the time, money, energy you've spent into getting to that point it is um, hurt. So like making sure you're at a good solid place before you even inter entertain the idea is gonna make the this process and the end result mm -hmm. so much better. Yeah. Um, we usually recommend, um, depending on the size of the business, but um, having accrual basis books okay. is going to, um, so that's matching your revenue ex and expense in the same period, is going to give a, a much cleaner, true picture of the profitability of the margin of the company that's right. going to, you know, um, facilitate easier and better discussions with potential buyers. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm glad that you said that too, because I've seen before where once a company, you know, a large corporation is trying to buy a smaller competition company, they start looking at it and they realize, oh, we don't even have to buy you in a year or two. We'll be rid of you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That hurts. <laughs> yeah, that really hurts. But, you know, and like you said, it's our baby, you know, nobody wants an ugly baby, <laughs> you know. And sometimes yeah. me and Andrew have talked about that. When it comes to your business, sometimes you need to be able to tell yourself, hey, this isn't what it should be. And you have to be okay with, all right, I, I have not hit the bar. How do I hit the bar? You can't get too locked up on the fact that you missed the bar. You need to get locked in on the fact do we that do you next? didn't hit the bar yet. What do we do next? Exactly. Right. Yes. Right. And sometimes business owners tend to deprioritize the finance function until they need it. And yeah. so we come in a lot of times to get businesses ready for a sale, which at that mm -hmm. point we're working more quickly because they're on a timetable and right. it's a lot of work. And so they end up paying probably, I don't know, up, up to five, if not more times mm -hmm. the work for us to get it ready for sale versus had we been there all along and to, and right. taken them through the process and had clean books. So that's another kind of piece to think about. Well, and you know, if you start, if you're starting your business today and you start with clean books, you just have better processes that are documented as well. You know, so right. if you haven't done a great job, start today doing a better job at that. 
All yes. right. I think Please. I only have For a couple more. For you and your <laughs> potential <Exactly>. buyer. <laughs> For everyone's sake, right? All right. Yeah. I got to talk about one of those buzzwords here before we wrap this up. And I, I want to appreciate, uh, I want to appreciate, I want to tell you that I appreciate you for taking your time to be on our show today. And I appreciate all your financial advice because finances are something that, you know, it makes or breaks the business. It really does. So thank you so much for being here. Of course. All right. So the, the dirty word I got to ask about is recession proofing. Are there mm. any numbers recession proofing wise is there anything that you can offer advice in that space is there anything recession proof when it comes to your finances it's a loaded question um okay. <laughs> and i'd say depends um it's going to depend like what in industry you're in and what stage uh, yeah. of the business uh, you're in yeah. so can't a broad based um right circling back to kind of what we talked about knowing your numbers and knowing mm -hmm. the drivers behind your business so what right. drives revenue what drives costs and what happens within your business to make those in increase and decrease essentially mm -hmm. the levers you can pull is really important right. because it, some businesses in a recession are going to do amazing they are they are built mm -hmm. for that others may have to scale back. So being able to know, have clean and timely financials and know what's driving them is going to allow you to pull those levers if you need to mm -hmm. quickly. And understanding what your future numbers look like is going to be able for you to be the most prepared for periods yeah. of tight cash flow that you want to get ahead of. Um, you know, if lending is getting tight or, you know, right. interest rates keep rising, you want to understand and know that. So it's, it's really the knowledge behind your business to be mm -hmm. proactive would be kind of Absolutely. the broad advice. Yeah, I like that. I realized how loaded that question was as I was asking <laughs> it too. And I thought, oh man, I might have to come back and for a small business, you know, come back right. and add some criteria there. And I was like, man, that's a pretty open-ended question. But I think ultimately the only blanket recession advice that anyone is going to be able to offer you is know where you're at, know what's producing for you. Those are the yeah. things that you're going to have to lean into if things get rough. You're going to have to go with what works. Well, I appreciate you so much for being here today. Um, we're going to ask you to leave that hack with our audience. But before we do, can you tell our audience um, if they want to work with you, if they're interested, they love what Lauren has said today, and they want to look you up, where would they get a hold of you? Yeah, so you can visit our website at colsonstrategies.com. Or you can check out our LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Lauren Colson, C-O-L-S-O-N. Reach out, shoot me a DM. Um, or you can reach out to us at info at ColsonStrategies.com. Awesome. That's great. All righty. And now it is time to leave our audience with the hack. I don't know if the sound <laughs> is actually going to play. Yeah, I don't know. The media player is like just loading over there. So do -do 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 -do. hacks. That's the sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> I like that version. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. <laughs> All right, so what do you got for us today, Lauren? What is your hack to leave a small business nation? So I kind of cheated and slid this in earlier, so I'm going to reiterate it. Um, I but thought I think... you might have. <laughs> I, I saw that little slide there. But I like Did it. you? All right. <laughs> so um, this is just around getting the infrastructure set up in your business in order to 
grow or um, expand. And so whether that's the financial side, the HR, the operations, getting taking the time early on to get that set up is such a hack and that it will give you so much time back down the road. A hundred percent. One of the things that we often, I say, preach on here is if you take the time to work on your business, you won't have to work in your business. And exactly. if you take that time up front, you won't get to the almost burnout point of needing to stop and do that because everything's kind of moving too fast around you because either excitement or whatever it was that kept you off focus from the numbers. Maybe you didn't have a CFO trying to do it all by yourself without a team. And so it's really easy to get, I know I can hyper-focus. I can sit down, start editing podcasts and look up and be like, oh, I have a podcast interview in 10 minutes. Yeah, it might be yep. one of those days. Who knows? <laughs> but, you know, um, I, I just love that. Thanks for sharing that with our audience and small business nation. You've heard it here from Lauren. You've heard it from us. You've got to know where you're at and where you want to go to get there. Uh, we can offer you advice all day long. That's blanket advice. But when it push comes to shove, you have to consider your specific goals, where you want to be and where you're at. Lauren, thank you so much for being here today. This has been another great episode of small um, of business growth hacks for our small business nation community. And we appreciate every one of you. If you liked what you heard, make sure you leave a review and rate us out there so we can get this podcast out to more small business owners like you. Have a great week and we look forward to hearing about your growth. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. To get more marketing tips and tricks, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. And to take your business to the next level, check out our website at www.beefymarketing.com.